Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Great Scott Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Josh Allen Goldman. How's it going, Josh? It's going really well. Thank you. Now, if I, now I'm no uh, expert by any means, but Josh Allen Goldman just sounds like an, an actor's name. To me, there are just some people that have the name for like writing or or acting, and uh, you just happen to have the name, in my opinion, for uh, for, for acting. Thank you. That, I guess, is a, a credit to my parents. <laughs> That's one person, hey, if your name was to ever show up on a movie or television show, I would be watching that. <laughs> Thank you. So is there a... Thank you. I, uh, I... Oh, what? go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to ask, is there someone else I... there with you? What? It, so I was just going to ask, is there someone else there with you? Nope. Okay, I thought I thought I heard someone else. Oh no! There, oh, there's. I'm using a uh, a Bluetooth speaker now. It might be echoing. Should I take that off? Uh, that's up to you. I will. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, actually, yeah. Let me take it off so it doesn't echo. I'm gonna pause it for just a second while while you're doing that. All right. So, tell us what what has been up with you, uh, Josh. Um, well, I recently uh, shot a short film that I wrote uh, called Don't Frighten the Horses. Uh, we shot that right at the end of December, and that's a film about uh, safe spaces for the LGBTQ community, and it was, so it's about a couple that meets on a, at a bus stop, and uh, it's kind of exploring the things that many people take for granted, like the ability to hold hands in public, the ability to even like look at someone that you might be attracted to without feeling like other people are, uh, you know, potentially going to harass you or attack you. I don't. I, well, I would have to agree with you on that. I don't think. Um... I don't think that community uh, is getting a fair shot at life. I think that they're getting looked down upon by uh, maybe the right wing. Uh, I, don't, I, I hate to bring this into a political thing, but um, I just feel like that uh, they're just not getting the breaks I think that they do deserve. Yeah, yeah. I, I was inspired actually by uh, uh, something that happened to me in New York. Um, I was there promoting a film, uh, and even though it, you know, New York is a very liberal city, Los Angeles is also a very liberal city. We, st I still faced those kinds of um, stigmas and pressure to kind of keep things hidden. Um, even even in a progressive liberal city, so it's kind of like, you know, it's 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 about politics, but it's also just about, um, like someone can be liberal, progressive, pro LGBTQ, and they're still putting off feelings that are um, damaging to the to the community. 
I know that whenever you hear like of a sports athlete or a celebrity that comes out, we all make a big deal about it, and um, yeah. or at least the, the media does. And um, some people won't watch shows or follow that athlete anymore because of their coming out. And so pretty much I'm just of the opinion, so, I mean, that's just who they are. Can't, uh, let's, let's not worry so much about that as opposed to what they do. Uh, and not make such a big deal about it, uh, but but that's just my opinion, and um, I know that I'll probably uh, get chastised probably for saying that, but you know. <laughs> well, I think you know we're, you're going to get people are going to get chastised by people by other people for whatever they say, so you may as well say what you think. Well, that's true. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely true. <laughs> so, uh, where did you get the name "Don't Frighten the Horses" uh, at? Because that's a great name. It actually um, is a very old phrase um, in the, when was it? It was the, give me one second while I look up the year. I'm looking it up as well. It was, it, so it was a, a British actress who, Mrs., her name was, uh, Beatrice Stella Tanner Campbell, and she was the first Eliza Doolittle from Pygmalion, and she was doing a performance, and there was another actor on her set who came up to her and was kind of saying, I feel like the director is too close to the one of the other actors, like there is something happening there. Um pretty much saying like I think they're gay and um, she, she, her reply was does it really matter what these affectionate people do so long as they don't do it in the streets and frighten the horses and that was it was back then I mean that, that was a extremely extremely progressive sentiment and so this was kind of taking that playing on it and Asserting that, you know, we live in a time now where we shouldn't just go where we're accepted. We should go where we're celebrated um, as the as the, the LGBTQ community. Um, but it was referring back to that time when it was like it was more about when you're in an unsafe space. Does it really matter? Like, why do people care what yeah. you do? Yeah, that's going back to, to what I was saying. And um, I just feel like uh, that that should not be such a big deal in, in people's minds because, uh, well, it is their, their lives. So. Right. Yeah, so, um, so moving on, um, I know that uh, you were also working on uh, a few other things. Um, tell us about Namus DI, the Tucker J. James Project. Yeah, so Namaste, the Tucker J. James Project is a the I'm sorry um, so Namaste the Tucker J. James story is a web series that I wrote um, it's a 12 episode series and it follows the journey of one guy who moves to Los Angeles and it kind of um, spoofs the hashtag lifestyle of young people today 
through following this guy's journey. So he is, he just is trying to figure out who he is. He's your classic millennial uh, lost person just trying to figure out who he is and who he wants people to think he is. So it follows him as he's just going, he's an actor and he is going out for auditions and he's dealing with his family and everything is, it's his video journal. So he's constantly grappling with what he's trying to put out there and then dealing with his emotions as they arise and then hyper-correcting them to fit into this narrative that he has chosen for himself. Um, and so it's all about those masks. So do you play the part of uh, Tucker? I do. I wrote this. I was at a point in my career where I wasn't getting called in for the roles that I wanted to be playing. And so I just decided I'm going to write for myself. You know, I studied writing and I did, I just did a lot of writing in, in university and I was, I didn't realize that I was a writer. Um, but then with a lot of encouragement from people close to me, I decided to start venturing down into that path. And I found that I, one, really enjoyed it, and two, I felt I was writing things that the world could benefit from me writing. Would you say that you... Uh, so... Oh. What? Uh, no, I was just going to ask, would you say that you like writing now more than acting? Um, I wouldn't say I like it more. They are... To me, I see them as two sides of the same coin. They're both... They're very um, similar, and I feel like being an actor makes me a better writer, and being a writer makes me a better actor, because I it it just it helps bring me into both places and exercise the different muscles that it takes to be a storyteller, because that's essentially what both of those paths are is you're reaching the same end point. So it is different in that because it splits my focus in a way, I do feel like my trajectory is very different from other people, like from what some people might declare my competition uh, out there. But I feel like it, gives me the ability to explore things that I am not going to get called in for as an actor. Um, you know, like I'm, I am going to get called in for what I look like, but I'm not interested in just exploring that world, like the worlds that I get called in for. I'm interested in exploring many different worlds. So when people say, right. write what you know, I don't agree with them. I feel like you should write what you want to know um, and use that as a way to explore other worlds, to research what it means to be someone that you're not. Um, you know, like the, we're reaching a point right now where there's the concept of representation 
is really important in stories, storytelling. And, you know, why are there fewer roles for women? Why are there fewer stories about people of color? Um, as an LGBTQ person, I, I am part of one of those worlds, but I'm still like a white cisgendered man. So there are many stories out there for me to tell as myself, but I also want to share, I also want to explore stories about other communities that I wasn't, that I'm not a part of. Mm -hmm, um, so for me, that's what writing allows me to do. Do you have any idea on um, what your next uh, project's going to be on? Um, as far as what, what you were uh, talking about? Um, right now, I have just finished uh, a script called Wanderer, and it is dealing with sibling rivalry and also, um, like, sibling rivalry and drug addiction, um, as those two go together. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a sci-fi kind of drama, I guess, kind of sci-fi drama, um, about two brothers and their kind of return to what they were as children. And even though they've, they're adults and they've grown, but, you know, it's kind of like when, you're, when you go back to your parents' house after you've moved out, you kind of fall back into those old patterns because yeah. it's just all you know. Um, so there's that. I've also got a film that we're in pre-production for called The Drying that is about, it's a sci-fi comedy um, about two aliens that have crash landed in the desert. And it's, it kind of has allusions to some pop, pop music and, uh, really bad 90s movies and it's a it's just a really fun project that i i co-wrote uh with a friend of mine uh and that's really exciting as well um and then i have a pilot coming out which i did not write which is just so nice to know that people will actually hire me for things that i didn't write hmm. uh, that's just that's just the that's the goal um, to have other people be like, oh, you're good enough. Um, but I have another. I have a pilot coming out called Grinder, uh, called called Grounded. We've gone back and forth with the name, but we're settled on Grounded. And the that's a really fun project directed by um, a guy named John Bickerstaff, and that's going to be real fun and it's in post right now. Sounds like you're staying really, really busy with, with projects. Sounds like you got your hands full. You know, I try to, if I don't stay busy, I get, I just get anxious. And, um, there's, there's truth to that. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't fill my time with things, I will just, sit around doing nothing and then feel horrible about it the next day. So I try to, I try to do as much as possible, even if it just means like 
free writing or, you know, writing something that I know might not ever get made. Do you have a... Uh, ex- oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, do you have a certain place that you like to go to to uh, write at all? Um, I'm, I'm just like a... I'm a total homebody, so I just, like, hole up in my in my apartment. I sit at my desk slash slash kitchen table oh. <laughs> and I yeah. just go to town on it. I if I'm like out in public, chances are I'm not actually achieving the writing that I want to get done. I'll go to a coffee shop and spend thirty minutes on my phone trying not to write. <laughs> No, that's yeah. I mean, I'm I'm the same way. I mean, when I, there's a set goal I have in mind every time I go to a coffee shop, and nothing ever gets done as far as those goals are concerned. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. Coffee shops seem to be the worst places to go to if you want to get something done. Yeah, I I agree. I I mean, I'm a I'm a. Fortunately, I don't have the tech technological knowledge to like hook up to wi-fi at a coffee shop i can't figure it out so i can't like surf the internet when i'm at a coffee shop but unfortunately i do have my phone which has everything on it and connects you know even if i'm not connected to the wi-fi it still gets on the internet i don't know how it works but yeah it's just bad it's just bad I can't do it. <laughs> so when, whenever you're at a, a coffee shop, have you ever had anybody come up to you and say, hey, aren't you that guy from NamUs DI or, or any one of your, your other projects that you've done? Um, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, um, I, I'm not at the point where I'm uh, getting recognized, but I will say I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. I... I Kind of, um, I kind of like to stay under the radar. Um, now, if somebody's like asking me if they know me, it's probably because like they've like Los Angeles is a crazy small town, even though it's so massive. So. I feel like if people do are asking me if they know me, they've like they've just like seen me at Trader Joe's or something where I like hang out. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, going going back, speaking of uh, name is Di, I was looking at, at the cast and um, there's a gentleman named uh, William Goldman is uh, that's part of it. Uh, any relation? No, um, and it's funny we actually cast him as my father, uh, <laughs> and. It, it has no relation. We actually looked into it, uh, he and I, but he's fantastic. And when we, when we auditioned him, I was just like, oh, that's totally who the character is. Um, and it's kind of kismet that our names match. <laughs> Did you, uh, what, now, now, now be honest, was it partly because he had the same last name as you uh, for casting him? You know, it might have it might have been in there in the back of my head. It definitely wasn't in the front. I am the one thing. I'm like a total cynic. I like I hate being a cynic, but I I try to be like, nope, like I am not gonna 
fall into that trap. Um, when I go into like a casting mode, I, I, when I put on the casting hat, I'm very, I'm much more pragmatic than I am in my real life. Um, just cause I know that as a person, like I am always just like looking for, I want to involve everybody I meet. But then at the same time, like if someone's not right for the part and I cast, we cast them anyways, we're usually not going to be thrilled with their performance, even though we may love the person. Um, so, you know, I have a, the director that I work with most of the time, he goes through submissions and like watches every single clip, every single reel to completion. And I'm like, I'm much more like, if at some point I'm like, they're not right for it, they may be a great actor, but if they're not right for it, I'm on to the next one. And he's like, no, 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 we have to watch every single thing we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know, you know, like we have to give everybody their time. And that's great because that balances me out. So, yeah. So uh, to go along with, with everything else that you do, you also host a weekly talk show called The Span. Yeah, The Span was, it's actually no longer, we're no longer filming now um, because we had a thing with production and then they actually moved away um, but that was a fantastic, um, experience just having a, a platform to be out there discussing real stuff. Um, I come from the East Coast and I actually come from right outside of Washington, D.C., so politics and academia is just part of my blood and Los Angeles is not the most known for that. Um, I don't think it's fair when people are like nobody in Los Angeles cares about anything. Cause I don't think that's true. I think people in Los Angeles do care a lot about a lot of things, but it's definitely harder to find those communities out here. Yeah. Um, and so getting this gig, I was get, I had the opportunity to actually go, you know, and voice my opinions and, and not just voice them, but also discuss them and discuss other people's opinions on the show. It was a, it was a gay talk show, um, kind of based on the format of The View. So it was just a group of, of men, of gay men, talking about certain topics and kind of going back and forth, sharing our stories and, you know, comparing views and hopefully reaching a place where we could agree, but not always, and that wasn't always the goal. Um, and so it was just exploring that, you know, not every gay man has the same view, has the same experience. Um, and so that was really interesting. I was the resident millennial of the group. So it kind of fell upon me a lot of times to stick up for 
millennials because we definitely have a bad reputation and show that not every millennial is obsessed with their phone and can't carry on a conversation. Well, you've convinced me of one thing. <laughs> that I'm voting for you for the next presidency. <laughs> I will not be running. <laughs> Damn. But you can write it in. Um, no, don't write it in. Don't waste your vote. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I have no interest in ever running for politics, but I love discussing them. <laughs> so I should see you on, uh, I, on, on Bill Maher then, huh? Yes. Yeah, I, I like to think of myself, I'd be like the jo- whenever Josh Gad is, is on talk shows discussing politics, that's how I picture, that's what I want to do. I want to be like the guy up there and then people are like, oh my God, he's an actor, but he's, he's actually like knows what he's talking about. He's yeah. actually really intelligent. I, I actually have uh, That's I, my dream. I, I actually have a story for you about Bill Maher when, when we get done um, that you might find interesting. And, um, but I don't want to uh, waste, waste time because this is about you and uh, not, not him, obviously. So, uh, so let me ask you this, my, my final question for you. Um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to get into the writing, the entertainment, the show business uh, lifestyle? Um, so as far as writing goes, I would say I have two pieces of advice. The first thing is when people tell you, I I spoke about it briefly before, but when people tell you write what you know, take that with a grain of salt. Because yes, you should. It is easy to write what you know. But if you really want to grow as a person, grow as a writer and help others grow as well, you also need to write what you want to know. You need to branch out. You can't just have every, you know, writers, it takes a, a, a lot of privilege to be able to write because, let's face it, you're not getting paid to write for a long time. So the fact that if you actually have are in a position where you can work on something for no money, that's a privilege because many, many people out there cannot. And so if, we, if everyone writing these stories is coming from a, pay, a place of privilege in some way or form, we're, we're neglecting so many stories that need to be told. Um, so when people say, write what you know, I say, yes, I will write what I know as a white, cisgendered, man growing up but in that story i'd like for that character to be confronted with something that's not from that world um and i think that is very important uh that that we write stories that aren't getting told and then i think my second piece of advice is when you're trying to figure out because i like i said before i if I'm not doing something, I am just overthinking everything in the world. So I'm always trying to write something. And it's hard to know what to focus on. It's hard to keep focused because I feel like some people have the ability to pick one story and 
write it and write only that. And others, you know, they've got their hands in eight different projects at once. And then you've got one hour of downtime and you're trying to fit, you're trying to work on eight projects during one hour and that's just, you're never going to get anywhere. So focusing on what is the story that the world needs to hear and that I have the point of view to tell. Like what is the story that the world needs me to write? Um, because I could, you know, you can write stories about anything, but your point of view needs to be unique. Um, so, like, when I choose to write stories, it's like, what from my life is a thread that I can then expand into something that the world needs to hear, to see, to to realize that it's is happening. Um, yeah. So, uh, so one, one more question for you. Uh, even though I know I said final question, but um, is there a specific writer that, uh, or do you have a favorite writer that you try and copy after? Um, I, I love Shonda Rhimes. The world that she and the people she works with create, I think are so representative of the world that we live in. And at the same time, so intriguing, so um, intricate and detailed and real and raw. And I don't think she holds back. Um, and when I say she, I also mean the people that she works with because she, you know, not, not every story that has her name on it is actually written by her because she's the producer. Um, but I think she just nails it, um, every time. And I would say she is my, one of my favorite writers. And I think she also champions many of the actors that really uh, like kind of lead the pack. I want to say um, people who don't necessarily fit the ideal um, hero, in quotation marks. Um, she, you know, People like Viola Davis, who many people for years was like, she's not a leading lady, and now no, she is completely a leading lady. Um, and a lot of like alternative, alternative leading, leading men, um, and, and leading women as well. Um, she really championed those, those actors. I feel like you, uh, have had a lot of, a lot of good points here. Um, you seem to be a guy that knows what he wants and uh, want, want to explore. So I do admire people like that who um, just have these ideas and then go after them and just write them down and um, give it a shot. Yeah, I think the, the turning point in my career was when, was when I was told if you're not seeing the roles that you want to play, 
write them yourself, write, write your own material to show the world what you have to offer. Because I feel like I have as a very unique kind of persona and character and just kind of ethos in the world. Like when people meet me, I, I feel like many people just kind of don't understand me. Don't, don't get me for, for who I am. They think that I'm something that I'm not. Um, and so having the opportunity to channel that into something that I inherently understand because I, I am that, um, what just gave me so much power, uh, in my own career because I can't control what other people are going to do with, you know, I can't control if someone is going to cast me or not. Uh, and quite frankly, I would, I would rather not worry about it because, you know, I'm, I'm such a, an anxious overthinker that I could exhaust myself with it, um, with, you know, with just focusing on that and having the ability to, to throw that energy into something productive rather than reductive is just so powerful for me. Right. That's, uh, that's pretty much the, the life of an actor, <laughs> uh, pretty much. So, but anyways, yeah. folks, I think that you'll hear this guy's name late, a lot later, uh, down the road. Go follow him. I will have the links when I go post this episode. Josh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. God bless you, and uh, good luck with, with your projects. We'll definitely be watching. Yes, thank you so much. I, I look forward to, to uh, hearing more episodes in the future as well. Oh, thank you so much. All right, uh, I'll, we'll, we'll talk to you later. All right, thank you. All right, bye-bye.